Well, I'd like to give a very warm welcome to everyone here to our service this morning. Also to give a, a warm welcome to those who are watching online. I know it's proving helpful to you. Last uh, Sunday I had a message after the service um, from someone saying they were moved to tears by the service watching it online when they were confined to where they were. So we're glad it's useful to you and pray for God's blessing on you and from on us as we're here together to worship and to hear from God's Word. We're looking forward to being back in Colossians this morning, key passage that we're going to be looking at, and Mark is going to be speaking from that later on. Uh, just a few things to flag up at the start. Um, the first is in relation to the men's Bible study. So we, we're having a, a new series of Bible studies for men starting in 10 days' time next Wednesday. And uh, we're looking at the life of Joseph in six parts. Uh, we've got um, 13 that have already opted to come into those Bible studies. We're expecting more. We know what men are like in terms of confirming their interest. Uh, but it would be helpful today if you could let us know, let me or Martin know, or in the next couple of days uh, at least, just so that we can get things sorted. We're expecting enough for, for two good groups. So we're going to divide up and have two groups in homes. And that's going to be in 10 days' time. So please do let Martin or I know or ask us questions. If the ladies are feeling a bit left out, your Bible studies have been in place a lot longer and they're still ongoing. And if you haven't joined a group and would like to, then speak to my wife Esther about that. So that's the the Bible studies. And the second thing to flag up is the Hope Explored courses The Hope Explored course, a series of three, is uh, starting at the end of this month. Um, We have got invitation cards available in the entrance hall. So the thought is really that maybe you've got friends who have some interest or you think you could ask. And uh, it's a short course, um, three evenings. Martin and Jane oversee it and... uh, do take plenty of these, so if you've got somebody you think might be interested perhaps to go along with you, um, then um, take one of those cards. There's already four signed up, so uh, a course is running, and uh, it's a great opportunity as an introduction to hearing about Christ. Um, the third thing I mention, always shown up before the services, are the rest of the services in, in the day. So you're welcome along to those. Do look out for the services, the evening services up there with its title normally. And uh, today we also have a communion service. So for, for baptised believers this afternoon at three o'clock, you're welcome to our communion service. Okay, well, we're going to turn to our first song now. Uh, One of our desires here is that for the first time or for a fresh time, uh, we understand more of what Jesus has done on the cross. And that's the impetus of this first song. Give me a sight, O Saviour, of your great love to me. So we'll sing this song through, and then after that, James is going to do our Bible reading.
we have is that one? Yeah. <clears throat> we have two readings this morning. Uh, the first reading is in Colossians chapter one, which can be found on page nine eight three of the Church Bibles. So that's page nine eight three, and it's Colossians chapter one, verses three to fourteen. And this serves as a reminder of what Paul prays for, for the Colossians. So chapter 1, verse 3. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up in you for you in heaven, of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in, him, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. And our second reading is in Colossians chapter 4, and it's verses 2 to 6. So it's chapter 4, verses 2 to 6. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, Pray also for us, that God may open to us a door for the word, to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison, that I make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. And so read God's word. Thank you, James. And we look forward to hearing um, those four or five verses unpacked later on under the title, Praying, Walking, Speaking. Well, we're now going to sing again, and it's going to combine a note of thanksgiving, which we've had in our readings, with uh, a mindfulness of the cross again. It is the song, There is a Redeemer, Jesus, God's own Son, precious Lamb of God, Messiah, Holy One. And then if we can go to the chorus, it is, Thank you, O my Father, for giving us your Son, and leaving your Spirit till the work on earth is done. And then after this song, if the children could come down the front and Josh is going to do the children's talk.
just a few days into it, so I thought we could talk about New Year's resolutions. Who knows, who can tell us what a New Year resolution is? Yeah? Very good. Something you aim to do in the next year. Now, has anyone here ever done a New Year's resolution? Oh, a couple of hands going up. Is, is, is anyone happy to tell us one of their New Year's resolutions from, from this year or from the past? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> I've, I've got some here. I've got some, um, some possibilities for us. So who would like to have a look in here and pull one out? Yeah. So if you unfold that. Can you read what it says? Wow. That is a big one. That would be a very good... Resolution. Yeah, do you want to take one? Pray and read the Bible every day. Pray and read the Bible every day. That would be a very, very good one. Yeah. Eat more vegetables. That would also be a very, very good one. And last one. Yeah, play outdoors, less screen time. That would also be a good one for all of us. So those are some, I think, some really good resolutions. I think if all of us did some of those, that would be um, great. Now, the thing with New Year's resolutions is what they are is they're a new start. Yeah, they're a new start. So you've got a new year. So sometimes people think, well, maybe I can be a bit of a, uh, a better person this year. So you look at last year and you see how you were last year. You think, maybe I can be a better person in the coming year. Um, and another way you could look at it, maybe for you little ones, is say you're doing a drawing and I'm, uh, I'm going to draw a cat. Doing some ears, round face. Yeah, it's always going to be a cat. Just wait. Hang on. And then we've got some eyes. And then I, I come to the nose, and it, it all goes a bit wrong. And I might look at that, and I might think, well, I could work on it. I could try to improve it. it. Maybe you could make it a whisker, but I think, really, I've spoiled it. What I need to do is I need a new start. I need to turn over and have a new start. So sometimes we look at ourselves, and we think, we need a new start. We look at how we were last year, and we think, there were some things I did then that I shouldn't have done, or there are some things that I didn't do that I should do. So that is, that is what people think about when they think about making a new start. But the problem with these New Year's resolutions is they're really hard. Okay, People who put their hands up earlier, their New Year's resolutions, how are you doing with those? Have you kept on top of them? Or if you did them in the past, did you do them? I'm getting a little one of these down here. They're hard. In fact, you know what, this year I... Um, I was thinking about a New Year's resolution, and I actually quit before I even started it. I was, I was thinking for a little while about learning the saxophone. I thought this would be brilliant if I could learn the saxophone. And then I thought about it, and I thought, you know what? It's going to be too hard. I'm not going to have enough time. And I quit before I even started it. So that one lasted for about half a day, maybe one minute. So New, new Year's resolutions are hard, but they're really good. And, and those ones there... If you want to do any of those, that would be brilliant. But what I want to tell you about, even more than New Year's resolutions, is there's an even better chance to make a new start. There's an even better chance than a new year, and that is with Jesus. Now, there's a, there's a Bible verse here. Hopefully, it's going to come up. Here we go. So, I'll, I'll, read, I'll read some of this out. It says, if anyone is in Christ... So it means in Christ, it means if we're Christians. So if anyone is a Christian, if anyone's believing in Jesus, following Jesus, it says he or she is a new creation. So if we're a Christian, 
If we decide we're going to follow Jesus, it says we're a new creation. That means like a new person. That means when we become a Christian, we get a new start. It's a little bit like like that. It's a little bit like God looks at our, our messes and mistakes and he flips it over and he says, you've got a completely clean slate. You have got a new start. And that new start that we have with Jesus is so much better than just a little news resolution because the problem with the news resolution is it's just down to us. We've got to work really hard. We've got to try to be better than we were, we were last year. But with Jesus, Jesus is with us and he helps us. Now, I think some of you have already decided that you want to follow Jesus, and that is wonderful. And I think for us who are already following Jesus, it is a really good thing to think at the beginning of the year, to remind ourselves that not just the new year, but we are new people in Jesus. Jesus even says he gives us new hearts. We have a new start when we are in Jesus. And if, if, you're, if you're not one of those people, then I really hope that in the future that you will be, that, that we'll be able to say that all of us our new people in Jesus, that we have a new start in him. Thank you very much for listening, guys. You can go back. Great. Thank you. Well, shall we now turn to God in, in prayer? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the new start that is available through Jesus Christ. We thank you for that new life which has been given to so many here, a new way forward, a forgiveness of the past, a joy, a hope, a peace. We thank you for what comes through Christ and we pray for um, us, whether we're older or younger, If there hasn't been that change in our lives, that we might be uh, thoughtful about what we've heard. And we especially pray for the children uh, at at their stage in life to be given ears to hear Jesus' call to uh, follow him. We thank you for Jesus. When we think of his character, uh, his wisdom, his insight, his righteousness, his authority, his compassion. We praise you for him and for his coming into this world. We thank you for the way he healed the leper, that he restored sight to the blind, for the way in which those who couldn't speak were able to speak, for the way in which he healed those who were sick, for the way in which he brought people back to life again for the tremendous miracles we see in the life which show who he is. We praise you for such a a wonderful saviour and we are amazed at his compassion and uh, we rejoice in his compassion. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to also be people of compassion towards others. When things are going okay for us, we can tend to be a bit disregarding of those going through difficulties and we do pray for softer hearts. We remember those who are um, unwell and uh, needing treatment, some which is known about, some which is uh, unknown. Lord, we pray that you might bless them and draw alongside them and encourage them. Uh, We remember Marion in in hospital and the way in which it, it carries on uh, over these weeks as they still sort out the next stage for her. We pray you bless her and encourage her. Thank you that she loves your word. We pray for Margaret Diaz in the uh, psychiatric unit at Eastbourne. Uh, we remember her at this difficult time for her and for Jane and the family and pray that they may know peace and strength and help as they uh, cope with this situation and go forward. Or we pray with a desire for compassion for people in their spiritual need. We remember Jesus looked on the crowds and saw them uh, as harassed and lost like sheep without a shepherd. 
And his heart went out to them and we pray for soft hearts towards those who do not know Jesus. And we pray that there will be uh, people who uh, are involved and labourers in the harvest field to, to help and to teach and to pass on truth to those who need it so much. We think of the teaching of Jesus and we pray that you'd help us to live in the light of it. We think of what he said about things and we pray that we won't get too engrossed with things so that they capture our heart and we forget God. We remember that no one can serve two masters and we pray that in this year we will be looking to serve you above all and be thankful for the things we have but not mastered by them. We know that we are prone to get too anxious about things and worry excessively and obsessively and it does us no good and it does others no good and we pray that instead we'll have a sense of your fatherly care in our lives. Lord, we do commit to you uh, those who start the year fresh in looking to serve you in their callings. That's true of all of us, but we especially pray for a good start to the new year for James and Rachel in Cyprus with the the busyness and the family time of Christmas behind them and now perhaps feeling a bit more alone as they continue to serve you in their responsibilities. Give them a good year, strengthen them, help them, bless the things that they involve with. We pray that too for Rosie Crowther in Papua New Guinea and as she um, has these last few weeks of service there before coming home for much of this year, we pray that you would help her in these last few weeks to get done what she needs to and that you will prepare her for her return trip, and that it might be a blessing to her uh, in the coming months while she is back with us. We pray for the year ahead here, and pray it may be a time of your favour, a time when you are especially at work. Lord, may there be spiritual, may there be spiritual movement this year in people's lives. People interested, people coming to Jesus, people growing as Christians, people helped in their service. Do be at work amongst us this year, Lord, we ask. We thank you for the things already happening today, the Sunday School and the Rooted. We think of the first Tuesday coming up this week as it resumes this year and pray that would be a really good, enjoyable time, a real blessing to the older friends that come but also a time where people are drawn closer towards Jesus. Lord, we pray for us as we go forward as a church. Protect us from the evil one and bless us greatly. We thank you for the opportunity today to have your word open. And as we're on this key passage, which makes us think about um, people beyond ourselves and our concern for those around Lord, we pray that it may prove to be a significant time in your word. Help Mark as he preaches to us and make our hearts open to the truth. So deal with us and bless us for the glory of your name. We pray through Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, before Mark comes up and uh, speaks from those verses, we're going to sing another song together. Uh, We've got something to voice. Something to voice to God, something to voice to others. And that's what's expressed in this next uh, hymn. Tell out my soul the greatness of the Lord, unnumbered blessings give my spirit voice.
Good morning. Well, a long time ago, way back in 2022, if you can remember that far ago, that's before Christmas, uh, we were looking at the letter that Paul wrote to the Colossians. Uh, he wrote it to the, the Christians at Colossae. Some of you weren't around, but many of you were. So I wonder if you've got any memories from what we've done so far. So maybe you remember Paul's prayer right at the beginning in chapter 1. We did have it read for us, so that might have helped you. Uh, or maybe in, in chapter 1, uh, you remember uh, Paul um, shares the majesty of Jesus, of who he really is. Maybe you remember that. Maybe you think of the fact uh, of Christ in us and us alive in Christ. That was one of the big things we, we covered. Maybe one of the things that stuck in your mind was um, putting our old selves to death and putting on the new self. We thought about some of these things in home groups, if you were there. Uh, or maybe in a few weeks before Christmas, do you remember when we thought about how the, the Christians at Colossae were to be in their households and in their sort of the Christian community that they're in, how they were to act with different people, so husbands and wives, uh, parents and kids, employers and employees, how they were to sort of relate to each other. So we've covered all that, and we're very nearly at the end of the book. After this, we get to the final greetings, uh, but we're not quite there yet. There's a little bit more. There's some final instructions from Paul. Some really important things for the Colossians to do. What are his final instructions for the Colossians going to be? What does Paul want uh, to be ringing in their ears as they walk away, having just had the letter read to them? Well, firstly, pray. Persistent prayer. This is what Paul says to them. Chapter 4, verse 2. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. If you want to see, by the way, more of where I'm getting what I'm saying from, if you have a Bible open in front of you and keep it open, it'll probably make a bit more sense for you if that helps. That's what it says, verse 2, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. So they're to continue steadfastly in prayer, or some translations say be persistent in prayer. It can be uh, translated, be courageously persistent in prayer. To not let go of prayer. Um, Some versions say, devote yourselves to prayer. Or continue earnestly in prayer. Hopefully you get the point. This is something they need to keep doing and they need to work at keeping doing as well. This Thursday, uh, this last Thursday that we've had, John, our pastor, started off our prayer meeting saying something along the lines of this. We want to be a church that prays. We want to be individuals that pray. It's difficult. It's not easy. But we want to be a praying people. Prayer is not easy, is it? If you ever tried praying regularly over an extended period of time, you'd have found that. And it's very easy, isn't it, to look at other people and kind of think, oh, it's so easy for them. They're just a natural. They just—they they seem to enjoy it all the time. But we find it hard. And we can get very slack in our praying, maybe even uh, forget about it. Prayer is hard work. In the last section, uh, which comes just after this, in the final greetings, and I'm hoping I'm not taking away too much from the next one, uh, it talks about Epaphras, and it says he's always struggling on your behalf in his prayers. So what he's saying is Epaphras is praying for the Colossians so hard that it's as if he's in a constant wrestling match. That's the kind of picture here. In chapter 1, do you remember what Paul said? How often was he praying for them? He says, since I heard about you the first time, I have not stopped praying for you. And then at the end of chapter 1, he says this. He says, as he prays for them, he is toiling. He's struggling with all God's energy that's in him. So in other words, as he's praying, it's as if he's doing a hard day's work for them. But he keeps going because God's strength keeps him going. So Paul's no hypocrite 
when he tells the Colossians and he tells us, keep praying, continue steadfastly praying. It requires discipline and energy if we're going to continue doing it. It's got to be a priority. It might even mean that we miss out on some other things that we really enjoy because we're praying. Now it's January, we've already thought about New Year's resolutions. I doubt that uh, this was on any of the children's minds, but for a lot of people it's the gym. They go to the gym and uh, New Year, New You, and um, yeah, gets busy. But uh, I heard this week uh, one person who works in the gym say that it's always the same every year up until February half term. Stays busy, stays busy, people keep going, keep going, keep going. February half-term comes, bang, everyone's gone. Or at least most people have gone. I wonder if it'll be the same this year. I suspect it may well be. In uh, 2021, they did a study. They found that two-thirds of people abandoned their New Year's resolutions within a month. I suspect uh, most of them last a bit longer than Josh, but not very long. Not very long at all. And so as you hear this um, command as we're being told to pray, I wonder what your reaction is. Well, maybe some of you have never prayed. You're not a Christian. You've never spoken to God, not really anyway. If that's you, I'd really encourage you to pray and ask God to show you himself. That'd be a really good prayer. Ask God to help you understand who he is. That'd be a really good prayer to pray. But maybe you are a Christian and you know you should have been praying and you feel a sense of guilt. I suspect that's the case for a good number of us here. We all know we're meant to pray, that it's not sort of new information for us. We're not sitting there thinking, I've never heard that before, if we're a Christian. But have we got tired or bored of praying for things? Perhaps it stirs in us that desire to want to do better. That sort of, that new start, it's January, this year is going to be the one. Or maybe we've felt that way before and we've failed before. You know, if we're praying just because we feel like we should, then we'll definitely fail. And also, if we're praying just because we feel like we should, then, then it'll be pretty miserable praying. This shouldn't just be a New Year's resolution to keep praying. Wouldn't it still be good if we were still going strong after the summer? Still going strong in November? Still going strong in December, both individually and as a church? Well, Paul says two things about prayer that I think can really motivate us in our prayer. Help us to keep going. Help us to persist in praying. So he says, firstly... So this is still in verse 2. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it. Being watchful in it. Be watchful, be vigilant. Now this is what uh, John Piper says about prayer, and I think it's really helpful here. He says, I've often said that one of the reasons we feel so weak in our prayer lives is that we've tried to make a domestic intercom out of a wartime walkie-talkie. Prayer is not designed as an intercom between us and God to serve the domestic comforts of the saints. So in other words, prayer isn't this kind of button that we press and God kind of gives us the nice comforts that we want and it makes life a little bit easier. Sadly, that's how we can often think of prayer. That's not what prayer should be. But he carries on. Prayer is designed as a walkie-talkie or radio um, phone for spiritual battlefields. It's the link between active soldiers and their command headquarters with its unlimited firepower and air cover and strategic wisdom. I'll just read that last bit again. Prayer is designed as a walkie-talkie for spiritual battlefields. It's the link between active soldiers and their command headquarters with its unlimited firepower and air cover and strategic wisdom. And I think the reason that's so helpful is because it reminds us that we're in a spiritual battle. There's a spiritual war going on. And so like active soldiers, we need to be on guard. We need to be vigilant. 
we need to be watchful for attacks. Do you remember Jesus said this to his disciples? Watch out so that you don't fall into temptation. Don't get distracted. Don't get sleepy. Don't get distracted. Stay alert. Make sure that you're using the line of communication that you have between you and headquarters that is so essential. So watch out. Watch out for those attacks. Stay alert. But also, watch out for where there are answers to prayer. Watch out for where God is on the move. Watch out for where you can say, yes, he has answered my prayers. Watch out for the victories as well. And so this takes us on to the second point. Be thankful. Verse 2, still continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. You see, if, if you're a Christian, you can thank God for the new slate that we've been given. That we're a new creation. You can thank God that through grace we're on his side. We're on the victorious side. We will win eventually, however bleak things seem. You know, remembering um, to be watchful and remembering to be thankful are two great motivators to help us to continue to pray and to pray through the year. So continue earnestly in prayer. We're told to pray regularly. But it doesn't say that you have to pray sat in your house with your eyes closed. That might be helpful for some people. It may help people uh, to have that peace and meditation. But this is what one commentator on this passage said, and some of you may find this helpful. We are all different. I, for one, spent years feeling guilty for struggling to persist in prayer while sitting down in one place, as if this was the only way to be faithful as a Christian. It was quite a discovery to hear from a friend who says that he has his quiet time of prayer went out with his dog. And I can testify to finding that my best times of prayer have happened while doing the same thing. That is when using a smartphone app that keeps track of my prayer notes and prayer commitments can really come into its own. So maybe that will help some of you as you're going on walks or walking around. But Paul also tells the Colossians what they can pray for. Moving on to verse 3 now. At the same time, pray also for us, that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. So Paul's in prison, he hasn't committed a crime, but he's followed Jesus, and that was enough to put him in prison. What does he pray for? What would you pray for if you were locked away in prison? Probably... The doors to be open, probably to escape. Well, he does pray for open doors, but he's not praying for the open doors of the prison so that he can walk out. He prays for open doors, as in opportunities to share the good news of Jesus with people. That's what he prays for. That's what he really cares about the most. That's his greatest wish. So he says, pray for opportunities to share about Jesus. More than getting out of prison, more than his own personal comfort, what he wants is for people to know the wonder of knowing Jesus. And this is a challenge for us, isn't it? If you're in a difficult situation, maybe a tricky situation, and all you've been praying for the last however long is that you'll get out of that situation, or maybe that's the right thing, maybe God will answer that prayer. But maybe you can also pray that in that situation, while you're in that situation, that God will use you and will open up opportunities for you to share the gospel in a way that maybe you couldn't in any other way. Paul wants them to pray for opportunities. And then he prays also, uh, pray for opportunities, and then when I get opportunities, pray that I'll be able to speak clearly when I get those opportunities. And of course he has to speak clearly both in his words, but also because he's, he's speaking to people very different background to him, very different knowledge to him. So he wants them to understand as best as possible, and he needs God's help doing that. He's trying to explain the mystery of Christ, we talked about that before, that the revealed Jesus 
He's trying to explain Jesus, the wonder of Jesus, to people who really don't know anything about him. And that's a difficult thing. And that's why we really encourage you on the bulletin as a church to pray for people when they go to speak, especially to groups where maybe people don't know a huge amount about Jesus. So it'd be great as a church to pray for Martin this morning, who's been in Lewis, he might have spoken already, but he's been speaking in Lewis prison this morning. People who don't know much about Jesus, pray for him, pray that he'll be able to make it clear, the wonder of Jesus in just a, a few minutes that he's got to speak to them. Or when they have a message at first Tuesday. Or when we go into the, uh, do assemblies at schools. Lots of people don't know a huge amount about Jesus. Pray that when we speak, we'll be able to be clear that people will be able to understand it. And see the wonder of who Jesus is for themselves. But it's not just missionaries and public speakers who are told to share Jesus. And I did want to mention as well, actually, the Swansons and uh, Dr. Rosie. I was really uh, glad that John prayed for them this morning. Pray for them as well, especially because they've got, you know, people with different cultural backgrounds. Pray that they'll be able to really clearly explain Jesus to people um, very different to them, a different background. Thank God for their, um, their witness, their willingness to go and share Jesus with them. But it's not just missionaries. It's not just the the public speakers who are told to share Jesus. Now Paul tells us how to live. So that those people we mix with, those people we bump into, will also have the opportunity to discover him for themselves. So here are the final two instructions. And don't worry if you're panicking, they are shorter. So, wise walking. This is verse 5. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders making the best use of time walk in wisdom so in the bible when it talks about walking it's usually talking about how we live our life how we act in our life how do we act in different circumstances and as we interact with different people as we interact with people who maybe have never been to church or only for you know christmas how are we to act How are we to act with our colleagues? How are we to act with people at school? But Paul tells us that we need to live wisely towards them. We need to be godly towards them. So we don't live lives that are lazy or make people complain about us. Or we don't offend them for no reason whatsoever. Or we don't interfere in people's business when they don't want us to. On the contrary, we're to be wise in our everyday lives. We're to be hardworking. We're to be honest. We're to be generous. We're to be trustworthy. We're to be sensitive to people's circumstances and maybe cultures. We're to live in such a way that it makes people curious about us and what's different about us. People should notice there's something different and good about us. So everywhere we go, whether it's to the shops, or the gym, or bowling, or school, or to the care home, we should be living out our faith in a way that people notice, and they say, that's, that's different. And it gives us opportunities, by living like that, to point people towards Jesus. And of course, if people are asking us questions, well, it obviously involves speaking back. So how are we to speak? How are we to answer questions? Well, Paul doesn't leave us guessing on that either. He tells us, and this is the final instruction. Season speaking, this is verse 6. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. So seasoned in the sense that you season something with salt. That's how our speech should be. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. Now, if you've ever watched MasterChef, you'll know that one of the ultimate crimes that you can make on MasterChef is not to season your food. The judges pick it up straight away. You can have this wonderful plate of food, but if it's not seasoned, they're they're onto you. It is bland. It's nowhere near as good as it could be. 
Seasoning it brings out the flavour. It makes it more appealing, more appetising. You know, when we talk to people, just generally, but also about Jesus, it shouldn't be bland. Our conversation in life should be interesting. It should be attractive to people. It should be winsome. Imagine if you uh, go on holiday and you've loved it. And you come back and you're just raving about it. You're telling people about the beaches or the mountains or the shops or whatever type of holiday you particularly like to go on. And there's a realness about your enthusiasm. There's a genuineness. You've seen it. You want to pass some of that on. Is that the way we talk about Jesus? Well, if if we're going to share Jesus in a way that is interesting, in a way that is appealing, in a way that is winsome, we need to make sure that we're enjoying Jesus ourselves. We can't pass on the excitement of Jesus if we're not enjoying him ourselves. That's why it's so important to immerse ourselves in God's word. To, To spend time devotionally thinking about what God's done for us. The gospel is good news. What do our enthusiasm levels look like as we talk about spiritual things? Well, you don't want it to be fake and overexcited. You don't want it to be an act. That's not right. But neither do we want to look dull and bored as we speak about that, these things. What, what sort of message does that give? So wherever you are, whether you're uptown, whether you're in college, whether you're with the parents outside, whether you're being looked after by carers, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. Whatever you're talking about, let it be gracious, seasoned with salt. And, and this will make people ask questions if they notice that your language is gracious. And each person will have different questions. Each person's coming from different backgrounds. So how are you to answer? Well, it's easy, isn't it, to be quite scared of questions. There are some tough questions, but this tells us how to answer. So it says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. You see, when we're um, doing our best to answer people's questions. The most important thing is not actually what we say. The most important thing is how we say it. That's the most important thing. We're to speak to people graciously, seasoned with salt. That's how to answer questions. Now, I remember, sadly, when I was at school, often we'd have these sort of conversations about you know, faith and science and all these sort of things. And sadly, my speech was not gracious. It certainly wasn't seasoned with salt. It was proud, often self-righteous. Often what I wanted to do was to win the argument. That was what I cared more about. That's not how we're supposed to, to talk. That's not how we're supposed to tell people about Jesus. That's not how we're supposed to be in general life. We're supposed to be people who, in our, in our talk, we, we speak graciously. We respect people. We're warm in our conversation. We're winsome. And yeah, there might be some tricky questions that you do get. Sometimes they come along. Never be afraid, by the way, if you get a tricky question, say, do you know what, I don't know. I'll go away and find out and I'll come back and do my best to answer you. That's fine. But you know, many people, they see someone living a different life. They see, they hear a speech that's different. And they do ask questions. And they might ask questions like this, and some of you might recognise some of these sorts of questions. How come your life has changed so much from what it was before? How come you're so different? How do you manage to keep going through really difficult things? And you just kind of, you just keep going. How come you're so full of hope compared to all the other parents on this children's ward? Why don't you drink much when we go out like everyone else? How does what you believe, or why should what you believe impact me? Why do you always seem so happy and positive? 
I've seen lots of people praying, but when you pray, it seems different. It seems kind of real. Why is that? How come the news we see, that may be a bit scary at times, how come the news we see doesn't seem to affect you in the same way that it affects other people? Why is Jesus any different to anyone else I can follow? You know, those sort of questions can come up and do come up. And they're they're good opportunities to simply share your faith with them. Share about Jesus. This is what Paul longs for. He longs for Christians to live such lives that people want to know about Jesus and so Jesus is spread. But maybe you're the one with the questions. Maybe you've come this morning and a lot of this is kind of not really relevant to you. Actually, you've come and you're the one wanting to find out. Come and talk to us. Come and ask questions or ask um, whoever you know well. Ask them. It's good to ask questions. So to finish, what are the Colossians to go away remembering? What are we to go away remembering as we've very nearly finished this letter to the Colossians? We're to pray persistently. Continue praying. We're to walk wisely to show people Jesus. And we're to speak in such a way that is warm and attractive to people. That shows Jesus in our speech. Well, this week, God willing, uh, we've got home groups. And uh, it may well be that some of you think about some of these things a bit more. There's an awful lot there that you could look into, apply Um, So that might be a good thing to think through later this week. Uh, But for now we're going to sing and then uh, after that I'll pray. We all are one in mission. We all are one in call. Our varied gifts united by Christ the Lord of all. A single great commission compels us from above to plan and work together that all may know Christ's love. So when the music starts let's stand and sing. your son Jesus into this world so that we can be saved.
Lord, we pray this morning for anyone who doesn't know, the one who have been welcomed into your home, that they will know the warm embrace of uh, your uh, arms. And Lord, for those of us who know you, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to pray, to keep praying, help us to battle on in your strength. Lord, help us to live lives that are wise, that are like Jesus, that show you, that make people ask questions. And Lord, help us to speak well at all times. And Lord, especially when we're sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that many more in this town and in the surrounding area may know the warm embrace of the Father. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.